You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. We invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories, their nuanced conversations, and forward thinking, and not taking ourselves too seriously. Everyone's story matters. Every voice is important. Life is polarizing, but not everything is black and white. Come join us as we fade to gray. Welcome back, faders. Here we go. I hope you guys had a fantastic holiday season. I'm telling you, this health series has been amazing. I know personally for myself, it's challenged me and some of my decisions. And now when I go grocery shopping, I'm looking for real food, not stuff in packages or packaged twice, because we know if you got to go through two packages, throw it away. Anyway, today I'm here with Andy. Um, yo, yo. You guys' favorites. And Dr. Jerry Ferris, who I am super excited to introduce. Um, he is a medical marijuana doctor. I was given his contact by a buddy of mine who I graduated with in North Carolina, who started his uh, Charlotte CBD and has three CBD stores in North Carolina. Um, I'm very proud of kind of what he's doing down there. Um, now that North Carolina is looking, you know, to be medically, let me say, now that North Carolina is medically legal, um, it's uh, opened up some really cool opportunities. And I I love kind of like some of the stories I've heard from how marijuana can help people. Um, But also, you know, there's, we know it's not for everybody and there's dangers out there as well. So hopefully we get into all of that. So Dr. Ferris, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, My pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Doctor. We we really appreciate it. And uh, you know, to to have somebody uh opposite of Omar and to speak some expertise on this subject, Omar, you're obviously a wealth of knowledge, but you don't have the education uh like uh like uh, Dr. Jerry does. Um not even Doctor <laughs> And we're we're really thankful to have you on uh the episode today. Um but to to basically lend some credibility to you and what you do and to let our listeners know that we're not just bringing anybody on here who just says that they're a doctor. Um, you know, we want to lend some credibility to you and, um, and make sure that our audience knows that you are an expert in your field and that you do have credentials. Um, so tell us a little bit about your schooling, um, where you went to school and, uh, the degree you might have and and what you're doing with that degree now. Okay, great. Andy. So, um, I'm a, I'm a real Southern boy. I'm from Louisiana. Um, I've got all my degrees from LSU. Um, I am trained as a medical doctor. My residency was in emergency medicine, so I have seen it all. I haven't seen it all, but I've seen a lot. Um, I've seen all the ravages of life. I've seen the good things, the bad things, you name it. Um, I was an athlete uh, for about 31 years and have retired, but um, got into my own health journey 20 years ago to um, learn how to take care of myself and try to compete as an athlete. And it brought me into the world of integrative and functional medicine. Um, I started pursuing that actively in 2010. What Uh, was your sport, Jerry? I was a triathlete. Okay. I was a triathlete. Yeah. Right on. Right on. So, um, you know, this was uh, my journey to how to be healthy, you know, and all the things that it takes to be healthy. So I I applaud you doing um, podcasts on health. 
The whole idea of medical marijuana is a fairly new thing. I, I will tell you, I am I am more of a cannabidiol or CBD type educated person. I can certainly speak quite a bit on medical marijuana, but in my state, it's still considered um, illegal. So I have to sort of walk carefully on that. Um, I became sure. I became pretty passionate about it. Um, I went to one of the first physician lectures uh, ever done on this in a, on a national basis a little over two years ago. Um, as I tell the story, we were at a major, we were at the National Conference of Anti-Aging. There was a talk on marijuana and everybody thought maybe 10 people would show up and the room was filled. Um, it was filled for over four hours with 400 physicians. So we knew that we were on to something. Um, at that point, I emerged. And that was anti-aging. That was anti-aging. That's, That's um, interesting. And I'll be going to that conference next week. But the point being that we saw that there was some merit to this. This was not about reefer madness anymore. There was really some science behind this. So it, um, we're always looking for alternative theories, natural therapies um, that really can help people. So I immersed myself in, became very educated in it, took additional coursework in it, took an additional uh, amount of classroom work just to educate myself. Um, listen to everybody who is smarter than me, learn what I could learn. I'm clearly no expert, but I'm at the point I, I leave next week. I'm going to go speak on um, current research in cannabidiol or CBD and what's out there. And I will give a, and that's at a national basis. And then I will do that again, probably in the spring. In the meantime, I was fortunate enough to be placed on the editorial board of the American Journal of Endocannabinoid Medicine. So this is one of the first medical journals that is specifically looking at endocannabinoid, and I'm going to use the big word, um, research. And we're trying to really move the needle on research so we can validate the plant. We can validate to, to the public and to our real problem, which is the government, that this is real medicine. This is real. This has, you know, and we can get into some of the science of it, but this has real basis to it. We just lack a lot of research. And that's where I'm trying to work myself into help with the research guide, you know, guide the, the movement here. That was actually one of my questions, doctor, um, was, do you think that there's enough research and funding being put towards the benefits and dangers of cannabis? Um, and obviously, you know, I can hear your passion and, and how you feel about that. So that's that's awesome. Uh, it's interesting because last year alone, there were over 600 uh, published articles on cannabis and cannab uh, cannabidiol medicine, which is huge. The problem is we uh, the, the research funding that we're getting is, is nominal. Uh, they just made a big thing that they're going to be giving uh, $3 million to three universities to do research. And now that may sound like a lot, but in the world of medicine, that's a paucity. So, Why do you think it's so hard to get funding? Is it just because of the war on drugs or lack of, what's the stigma about? Well, there's, 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 there's two pieces to that. The one, the correct is we live in the stigma of of a political, that this was a bad drug, a gateway drug, et cetera. Um, so it's limited the research. The United States has only allowed research to be done getting plant material out of Mississippi, which is a poor quality. Um, it's been proven. Um, and then the other thing, it's economics. 
because this poses a huge risk to pharmaceuticals. And, you know, I mean, you're starting to see, look at the companies that are buying in to the space, tobacco, beverage companies. I mean, they see the writing on the wall, but to really get the research we want, we need bigger money. And that comes from pharmaceutical industry. Right, 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 right. And so, and so you, did you first get introduced to this at the anti-aging conference? Was that something that you had just never been a part of before and you, you hadn't thought twice about? Or was that your first introduction and you just had a revelation where it was, wow, I see that this has been, uh, you know, uh, stomped out from the government or uh, uh, for pharmaceutical levels who in a way control the government. Uh, so was that your first introduction? Well, or no, I mean, my first introduction was just age 16 or 15 at a concert. But I mean, sure. you know, we <laughs> that was a completely different paradigm at that point. Um, you know, I started to see some interest even long before this. It was just fascinating that when you go to a national conference and they, they propose a new topic and you think nobody's going to show up and everybody shows up, it's like, wait a second, you know, I mean, and now, I mean, you, you can't even, you, we're really trying to, you know, I'm trying to help other people so we can educate more doctors to educate more people because it's, you know, people are, you know, education is power and that's how we'll move forward. We, we need to, to quit looking at this thing as, you know, a gateway drug and, and because it's true therapy. I mean, we now have um, some you know, I mean, it's been approved by the FDA for seizures in children. I mean, it, it's real medicine. Is that the CBD? CBD. Or... It's a, yeah, yeah, CBD is. Again, uh, marijuana becomes a little bit more of a difficult animal because of the stigma. Um, CBD, and I, and I, you know, I, I have to separate them at this point. But I can tell you there's there's going to be validity on both ends. Um the only claim that I will say tonight that I'm not, again, being a physician, I'm not, I'm, I can't advocate for vaping, but I think that you're going to see delivery methods in capsular form, tincture form, topical form, edibles um, that grandma can take. I mean, I've got, I've got, you know, in my clinic, I've got three people over the age of 80 that have been using cannabidiol with great success and no side effects. Yeah, that's yeah, really interesting. Yeah, here, we, here in California, it's you see a lot of that too. A lot of sorry to interrupt you, Omar, no, but keep going. in California, when I was uh, I, I was using medical marijuana for for a number of years, and started in 2011 and or t- 20, 2012. and most of the people who I would see in these uh, in these dispensaries in in Sacramento, uh, there was not a lot of millennials. There was a lot of baby boomers and above. Correct. And I I was absolutely floored because I got to have conversations with these people in the waiting room going back, like before going back and just hearing about how they actually get relief from this uh this plant. It was it was really powerful. It was really powerful and now that it's um it's really opened up here in California um, I, I don't see that same waiting room, uh, you know, a clientele, it's a lot different. Uh, there's no conversation. Everyone's looking at their phone and it kind of just seems like everyone's there to get in and get out. So, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really to me in California, it was, uh, so pure and so, uh, so perfect for these people who really needed it, but it's really opened up. And in a way, I think it's maybe harmed us. Um, 
I, I, you know, I haven't had the privy to, to actually, I've, I mean, I've been in a CBD shop. I've not been in a medical marijuana shop, although I, I do plan to go. Um, I will tell you, at least on the last, the, the two things that are interesting to follow, something's called Project CBD, very interesting website to go to. Um, for your listeners, Project CBD, very, very interesting stuff. Sure. And then this, this summer Gallup, you know, which is a big survey, you know, I mean, they're one of the big national people. They surveyed people in the fastest growing segment, at least for cannabidiol, and will eventually include medical marijuana and is, is you know, the older population, you know, the, the 55 and above because it, for pain relief. And we're all scared to death of opiates. You know, I'm, I recently had back surgery two weeks ago. I took two opiates and I was done. I, I was so afraid, you know, and, and I've used CBD for pain control with incredible efficacy. And I'm going to write a long paper about this because I'm proving as a physician, you know, you got to step out of your box every now and then. And I will tell you from years of doing medicine, medical marijuana and, and CBD are so much safer than opiates. And people know that. And people don't want to get addicted and people don't want to go through the withdrawal patterns and the this and the that. So um, I, I see a bright future. And then there's some we can talk about it now. Or we can talk about it later. There was actually a very interesting paper that came out that um, we may see that CBD and THC in combination will lead us out of the opiate addictive crisis if they allow it. And that's so powerful. I mean, for you listeners, I can't tell you how powerful that is a physician. You know, when you have 67,000 deaths a year from overdose, I mean, that's you're if you can do this, you have changed a lot. It's probably going up with the fentanyl around now and stuff too. I know in yeah. the last five years, I've known people personally. And before that, like it was always just people that you heard of dying from opioid or heroin overdoses. Now it's now with the whole fentanyl thing, it's like, one time and it can kill you. So definitely stay away from that. I don't oh, know anybody who's because the car, the car fent the car fentanyl that's coming out of China is a thousand times more potent than morphine. So I mean, we know for, as a healthcare worker, if you get it on your fingers, you could die an overdose. So it's that strong. And nobody's overdosing. We we'll get tangential on marijuana. this. I don't want to do that. Although I mean, yeah, if you overdose no, marijuana, it puts the, you the to sleep. <laughs> the safety profile, and they have given incredible doses. Um, to both lab rats and humans. And, and the worst thing is going to happen is, uh, depending on what you take, you're either going to eat an apple pie or you're going to bed. I mean, it's, it's kind of what it is. Um, there is right. some, some nausea with it sometimes, but the safety profile has been proven. Well, you, you said, uh, you know, the, you said you, you took a little bit of a, a, a painkiller after your back surgery and it was, it was not good. Uh, but so what are what are some of the most common things that you're you're treating your patients with um with uh cannabidiol uh, just just simple aches and pains anxiety what are some of those things that you're seeing the most of um and and how are they benef benefiting from that and, and that's great stuff andy and i'm I'm happy to discuss this i'm gonna tell you where this is all going the first thing i got to tell you is i cannot make medical claims because that's the one thing right now that doctors sure. should not do now that being said I have seen tremendous pain control. Um, people can sleep, and sleep is so critical to your life. I have seen people get off of medicines for anxiety who are now able to function in life. 
Um, I have given it to people to decrease their anxiety. Um, like we talked about, again, getting them off medications, getting them off psychotropics. Uh, I have a patient who had lost her license because she had a seizure disorder. We are now her, have her on CBD only, and she is off seizure medication, about to get her license back. And that's a kind of huge thing. I've gotten two people off of opiates, um, again, a huge thing. And I'm starting to treat inflammatory bowel disease and Crohn's disease, which is another devastating disease. So there's some really positive things out there. The future, the frontier, is in all the neurologic diseases, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, and there's some early data on Alzheimer's. So that's kind of some big frontiers we're trying to tackle right now. I haven't gone that's there yet. And so just with the with the research and financial backing you can you can dive into those things a little more heavily is that correct we right because what we're doing what what you're seeing now is research numbers of two and three they go into a nursing home they find some of them more infirmed and they try it and they're like oh my god this makes a change and we publish it but it's data on three four people now that may be enough to satisfy you and me that the problem is that's not enough people to satisfy harvard that's not enough people to satisfy FDA. So that's kind of where we run into our thing. We talk about in science, sometimes what we call an N of one. If it works for you, it works, you know? So uh, again, you have to look at it as an individualized basis, but you're absolutely correct. We're seeing promising frontier medicine. We just don't have enough numbers to show cause and effect and cure. Does that help you? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I mean, I guess to be fair, um, in your experience as you've, I don't know if you can say prescribe, but you've encouraged people to, to dive more into the cannabinoids and the CBDs, have you seen any negative side effects? Um, I know for heavy marijuana users, there's been like the side effects, like you said, the nausea, the throwing up. Um, a buddy of mine, you know, things he blames the marijuana usage if he you know does too much of the vaping i think you, you mentioned that you know he ends up having to like take a shower in order to get the nausea to go down or even a bath sometimes so i, I try to do some pretty good research on that the original um what they call uh, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome where you yes and it's usually yes, that's in, the exact term it's <laughs> it's in long-term usage of um cannabis and i think part of it and nobody knows why it occurs because most cannabis was originally used to calm nausea um they don't even know the mechanism of how it works there's nobody that can tell you and they just say well you know it's sort of a default thing well you you smoke too much marijuana so you have this syndrome and it's funny the hot showers tends to alleviate it but makes them come back um, but these are, I think part of that is the THC content in, in cannabis has gone up dramatically. Um, we're now seeing upwards of 30% THC in cannabis, which was unheard of in the 60s and 70s. Um, that's the only thing that I can see on it is the, is the truth that the Delta 9 content has gone up so high. Yeah, that's, so you would say there's definitely more benefits in THC I mean, let me say that I said that incorrectly. You would say there's definitely more benefits than in CBD than THC. Oh, that that that's not a fair question. <laughs> so because yeah. it is loaded, um, but but it seems like that is a loaded question. That's the, great. Uh, 
the ne- there's more so, negative side effects though that can be point towards overusage of THC possibly. So when <laughs> we start looking at that, most of the things you see with THC is the fact that it's what is called psychotropic. It works on the brain. It causes some degree of euphoria. It stimulates, um, you know, you to get high. Now, part of that is because your body has this own innate receptor system, which was found by the Israelis. You have a cannabinoid system in your body. The problem is that the Delta 9 or the THC binds completely, where CBD doesn't bind completely. There's current sh- studies showing that if you mix it with some CBD, you you actually can decrease some of that. Um, so I'm, 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 I don't want to get caught in that one is better than the other. I will tell you, I think that Fair for enough. acute pain, I think for acute pain, THC shows more benefit for inflammation and long-term chronic things. I think CBD does. Um, everybody's afraid of the euphoric effect of it. You know, what was it? The joke is that if five guys are drinking heavily, there's allowed to be a fight. If five guys are smoking heavily, there's allowed to be a band. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, you would know. And, and they're hoping it's the dead. Yeah, exactly. Or fish <laughs> who I'm going to go see tomorrow. Shout yeah. out. Trey Anastasio. Yeah. So I, I want to address kind of, I, I don't want to, skirt around this thing for your listeners the, no. pro- the problem is coming from in in states that the delta 9 or thc is really not considered legal we can't have any products legally that carry over 0.3 percent of delta 9 or thc in it so um i think they both have medicinal benefits it's just we we can only study those in certain states right now for legal aspects right now exactly and you would definitely know more about this than I would, but isn't there something like they say upwards to 200 something different types of cannabinoids um, and not just, I mean, obviously there's THC. We know a lot about there's CBD. We know, I say a lot, we know some about, but they're finding all these other benefits to marijuana, to the plant itself that, you know, they haven't even been identified because the research hasn't been there. Well, it's, it, I mean, you bring up a great point. There's over, there's, I think there's 218 cannabinoids in the plant. And we talk about using the whole plant because when you start trying to dissect it, that's where the efficacy goes down. Now, the real air, interesting area is something called terpenes. Now, terpenes are yeah. the piece of the plant that actually give it the smell and some of the flavors, actually how the plant protects itself. But when you start augmenting the terpene profile, now you can do some really interesting things as well. Um, some will be better. Some are antibacterial now. Some are anti-anxiety. Some, wow. you know, are more anti-inflammatory. So you get into those pieces of, of the thing. In, in, you know, you were talking about, you know, we have just started to scratch the surface on things called CBN or CBG. There's an interesting study out of New York right now where they're using it on autistic kids and showing great benefit. I mean, oh my God, you know, if, if that works, what would a parent do for that? You know, yes, they would move their child, right? If you could get them medicinal therapy that could change their outlook of autism, that's huge, right? We've yeah. got nothing in medicine, nothing, right? So, and then, you know, we, we're starting to look at 
you know, the, uh, the acidic, what are called the CB, you know, the CBDAs and the CBDG, you know, some of the, the precursors that have to be. So there's some really interesting and it's all in how you refine the plant and, you know, how you manage the plant. You just hit on something that's really big, doctor. And I think that's where people's minds start to change is when they actually see their loved ones who are going through pain or going through some sort of disease that like these other medicines or opioids aren't helping or making worse. And then they, so out of desperation, you know, and they're trying, you know, CBD or marijuana and, and they're seeing positive results and effects. And that's where you have to let go of some of these stigmas because you're like, oh my God, I've obviously been lied to. Well, I, I tell you, I find it interesting and, and I, can't, I can't divulge a lot of things here, but I mean, I have patients and professionals and professional natures of different types that are going to be subject to drug testing and, and patients um, that would, would be more in an, in an enforcement area, let's say, who use now this product, but they use it in the THC-free aspect. And their whole mindset has changed because, you know, when it's helping them, you, you kind of get out of the illegality of it. Right. And, and Omar and I, uh, we, we have a faith background. We were, we were kind of raised in church. And uh, so that's a whole other set of propaganda in itself. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of doubles down on, on the, you know, cannabis or, or, or CBD now is also bad. But um, one of those people who, who told me to avoid that um, the most, doctor, was my father. Um, and my dad was actually diagnosed with, uh, one of the worst cases that Stanford ever saw with vertigo, um, extreme, extreme vertigo. And, um, just about maybe, uh, gosh, here about 10 months ago, he decided to kind of swallow what he knew as a man of faith, um, as an elder, uh, at his church. And a few other things that would uh, that would harm his uh, public profile, I guess you could say. Um, and and uh, and he he gave uh, he actually gave uh, cannabis with the THC form mm-hmm. um, a chance. And believe it or not, uh, it has uh, it actually it gets me a little emotional um, just thinking about it and talking about it. But um, it's really done a lot for him. It's wonderful. Uh, it's it is. It's uh, it's amazing to me because uh, maybe the first uh, I'd say six years of my daughter's life, uh, half the time we'd we'd be over at his house. He he would be on the couch, not able to get up. I mean, we're talking uh, ten years of having vertigo, and it gets debilitating. Um, and it's uh, it's it's really it's 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 let him connect with it's let him connect with people at church he has the energy to go to church more he has the energy to be down at my parents bookstore vacuuming at seven in the morning and getting the store open up ready for business that day he has the energy to connect with my my nephew and my daughter um so so this stigma this stuff i i i don't really even um uh partake anymore at all because it's funny because it's i I stopped, and then my dad told me about a week later. He's like, "This has actually been working for me." I was really nervous to tell you. Um, it's, I just thought it was kind of odd timing, but this stigma um, needs to needs to stop. I mean, with 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 the uh, with CBD coming into frame and and all of these things, uh, the, the this mindset of 
of its its bad and has no value, especially coming from again the faith background. It's got to stop. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's look at the history. It's it's been used in medicinal therapy for five thousand years. Um, it was probably in the late eighteen hundreds the number one pharmaceutical adjunct used. So when you start looking at history, CBD and and marijuana. I mean, George Washington grew hemp. Thomas Jefferson grew hemp. You know, it was only in between 1928 and 1933 where they started passing the legislation and it was just hardcore and we've lived with the stigma since there. Now, now that the these uh, the Israelis have actually found you have receptors in your body for this drug, you know, it's like why are we not using it? Absolutely. It 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 doesn't it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I, I think so, so I know you're absolutely right. Again, that's where I'm trying to help out and educate. That's all that's all we can do. Yeah, I honestly am getting emotional up here too, Andy. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm just realizing honestly, thanks again, Dr. Ferris, for coming on here. That like um I knew this was gonna be a great interview, but I mean you guys listening, this is a treat. This is a treat and what and this is the future and it has to be the future and there has to be more education and more people doing what you're doing. So thank you very much, Dr. Ferris. Seriously. Oh, you're welcome. Um, we can keep going. I just wanted to say, no, that. Man, just... we just got to, you know, again, it's about helping people and changing people's lives because at the end of the day, that's what counts. Okay. You mentioned a couple of times we have to get away from the idea of marijuana being a gateway drug. So the question is, is it addictive then? Um, again, you use enough marijuana, it is psychologically addicting. It's not what they call physically addicting, like certain other, I mean, there's certain drugs like opiates and benzodiazepines are physically addicting. Sugar's physically addicting. Um, but yes. you know, <laughs> you can listen to our keto episode <laughs> in this health series. <laughs> I would have dove all of that, but, um, so it is psychologically addicting. Yes, there's, there's there. And it, it can be, an it can be a debilitating drug because again, People get dependent on the euphoria and then can get a little despondent on it. Um, but again, that's uh, I can't run from that because that is true. But that's, again, more seen with the, 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 the THC or Delta 9. Right. But more research or funding behind that would obviously be able to help people understand how maybe to avoid addiction instead of like now where they find benefits. So they just jump dive head into it because nobody's there to you know, tell them, well, this is how much you need, you know, there's no, there's no right like, in, in certain states or certain practices. And that's, I guess my second question or not my second question, my question would be how many states have gone med legal at this point? Oh, med legal. It's, um, I think it's 13, 12 or 13. Um, recreational is six, six or five. Um, again, but we still sitting with, 33 states that it's banned. So, um, again, what we're just trying to do is educate um, on a state level, local level that, um, you know, use it medicinally first. Let, you know, and I'm not saying I need to do it, but I mean, if I need to prescribe it so they'll feel comfortable, I will be happy to do that. But you have to give this a fair shot. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, Obviously, with the rise of CBD, um, you know, this is it's it's great for, um, you know, new horizons. But uh, I'm sure as someone who is an expert in this field, um, 
you obviously have a huge amount of respect for this. Um, but do you feel that with the uh, high amount of CBD companies that are advertising on, you know, even podcasts I listen to um, or, or whatever it is, do you feel that um, this big boom or uh, whatever is happening with this CBD push right now? Um, I know this might be a silly question to ask you of all people, but do you think it's it's hurting the message that CBD has has to offer? You know, this this big relief um, because it's being kind of sold uh, almost like in a Walmart mentality of like, you know, take it for whatever and whatever. It's trending it's, right it's, now <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. There's a big CBD trend. Is that going to, is that going to hurt the long-term uh, value to that? My personal bias is it does. Um, you know, I think, and again, this is not about control, but I think for a while, I think physicians need to have a significant input into control. Like I'm working with two companies now to work on a professional line that could be only obtained in a certain way, that way we can control for quality. You're not buying in a gas station. I know exactly what dosage based on your symptoms you should get. I know how to monitor you because we don't want this to fail. And I, I hear people, well, I bought some CBD and it didn't work. And I'm like, well, how long did you use it? Where did you buy it from? What was the cultivar? And they're like, what? You know, and I'm like, okay, we, you know, we're talking about apples and oranges here. You know, it's uh, so I, I don't think it should be sold in every gas station. I think that you need knowledgeable people to be able to at least talk about it. And I think it it should have, at least in some realm, some control from the medical establishment. Does that help you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you, you know, if, if you could, uh, you know, get in a room with one of these, you know, big heads of, of these CBD companies, what would be something that you would tell them? What, what would you, would you say, you know, make more information available to your consumers or would you tell them just to simply stop, uh, stop the cash grab? What would you say to those, to those big heads of those, you know, uh, I, I, you know I mean, top five to 10 companies? I would think if you want, because what we want is uh, most of these companies want continuing revenue downstream. So I use it once it works, I'm going to buy it again right? So I would tell them, you need to have someone who screens that you should only be able to buy this stuff through some portal so that you can talk to someone and go, this is what I'm experiencing. What am I using it for? What do you think the dosage should be? Okay. Based on what our experts or scientific panel says, you should try this product at this dose for this long. Give us some feedback, right? Because we don't want failure, right? And there's you know, the problem is people use it once, it either works or it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It, you know, I tell people, you have to give it seven days to build up in your system. And we and it takes it takes me a month of working with you to know your exact dose. Right. So so something maybe like a, like an online questionnaire, uh, I mean, just like you would any other medication, right? Uh, you know, what are these symptoms? How much... What? How many? You know, how many hours are you sleeping a night? What uh, type of anxiety are you experiencing? What do you want to use uh, it for? You know, I mean, that that you know, and that helps us tell you this is this is the components of the product we think that you would do best with, as opposed to okay, well, I'm going to go into the gas station and buy CBD because I heard it works. Use it twice and you throw it away right. because then you say, well, the CBD is is junk. Well, that's not necessarily true, right? 
Right. That's like saying, you know, I, I, I took a whatever X amount of milligram, uh, you know, Motrin for this, this thing and it didn't work. Oh, I'm never trusting that brand again. Well, maybe you, maybe you should have taken two or what, whatever it is, whatever the medicine is. Uh, I, I think the knowledge is power when you're using something. It, 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 CBD is no different. And without the research and funding, there's no way to know. There are like bunk brands out there that you should not be buying. Yeah, the problem. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. We're in the the Wild West right now. That's everybody's trying to make a buck. I mean, all these farmers planted hemp and now they can't sell their product. So, I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, there's significant potential upside, but it has to be done correctly. And we've got to get away from the money grab and do this sequentially. So with the benefits we're finding with CBD and cannabinoids, what age... And you can throw THC in there because it's THC. there. Yeah, okay. Just marijuana in general, with the benefits we're finding from marijuana, like what age do you think is too young to experiment? Because like, we're finding CBD working in seizures with kids, but at the same time, you know... I, should I let my seven-year-old, you know, light a joint? Like, so like, where's the, where's the, yeah, so, where's that's, the that's, line? That's, where's a, the that's an incredibly good question. Now, if we're going to talk in terms of neurologic debilitating disease, like seizures, you use it because you save your child's life. If you need to use it as early as two, we just titrate the dose. Okay. Now, I don't think that most children should get exposed to high doses of Delta-9 or THC because that can be deleterious to brain formation and thought formation. So, again, we have to look at this on an individual basis. Um, and I don't know what's the true age once you say, well, you know, it, it's all good because our brain's about as fully developed because our brain's still developed into our 20s. Right. So we know that heavy usage of Delta-9 can be have some cognitive impairment issues. Um, and I, again, what is heavy usage? Really, nobody knows. But, you know, daily usage can have some 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 repercussions of decreased IQ points and cognitive, you know, delay or cognitive, you know, uh, uh, they, they just don't get as smart as they could have been. Let me say, yeah, did you just say that marijuana makes you stupid? <laughs> did, I, did I run around that one? Yes. <laughs> So, so doctor, uh, maybe a silly question because there is no silly I, I question. Haven't been to, I haven't been to the doctor in a long time. It's it's honestly been at least five years for me. But um, can any doctor prescribe CBD at levels that you are doing that, or is it something that is specific to to your degree or to your uh, continued education? Is this something that I can go to a doctor here in, you know, Sacramento, California and get, uh, you know, a high CBD regimen like you have some of your Yeah, how do you on. find a marijuana well, doctor? That, that becomes <laughs> very difficult. I just, you know, if you can find somebody that practices integrative or functional medicine, they're going to be much more open to it. Um, the allopathic or medical establishment right now is still doesn't know enough and still looks at it as an illegal drug. So you would you would be it would be difficult to find um, an internist who, unless they had some experience that would believe in this. So wow, that, even even CBD they they would say is quote illegal. They are they are becoming more open because they're seeing people change. But again, we live in a world that if we weren't taught it, and it wasn't taught in med school, 
you know, just like nutrition wasn't taught in med school. So you ignorance, right? right. So, we actually talked about, we had a nutrition uh, episode. That's so shout back. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it's a treat this, treat the symptoms system. And, and they would rather treat the symptoms with uh, a pill. Well, it's easier to it's, sell. It, it's so much more difficult than that. I mean, part of the medical establishment now is uh, doctors are controlled by big, by bigger entities, and you know we sort of have insurance to do, companies and everything. Uh, we that's a whole that's a four hour podcast, but um, we can get know, into it a little bit. We got, <laughs> but no, it's um, you know uh, when I work as an allopathic doctor in in my other job, you know I I have things I have to do. I mean, I, I might not always agree with them, but that's that's what I have to do, right? So um, when I practice my, my own clinic, I do what's best for my patients. I mean, I always try to do what's best for my patients, but I'm, I'm not influenced by insurance company A or hospital system B or so on and so forth. I'm, I'm only there for the patient because that's what we're all trained to do. So, I mean, it's again, sure. I, it's not that doctors are against CBD, but until they see scientific knowledge or they see something, they're going to be a, a, a bit reticent to use it. Yeah, good answer. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, this is great. What else you got, Andy? Well, uh, you know, you, you mentioned essentially you got kind of reintroduced to this. I know you said you got introduced to it at a concert when you were 16, but uh, uh, obviously speaking of the THC, um, but, uh, when you went to the anti-aging conference, uh, and then CBD was, uh, kind of a revolutionary thing for you. Let's there. get into that, Andy. What's um, anti-aging? So marijuana makes you stay young. Is that why I have this baby face? Absolutely. You, you, you put some, you, I put some, uh, THC, CBD cream, whatever you want to use, uh, on my face and it's good to go. No, but I, I actually, uh, to, to kind of get off this topic and, and, and maybe wrap this baby up, um, I do kind of want to know um, what for 2020 your anti-aging conference might be covering. Oh, so, some some new stuff that, um, that that might be exciting. Well, I mean, it's you know, again, what we are so concerned. We're really fascinated with the idea of fasting. We are very fascinating with the world of something called peptides. Um, peptides are amino acids that work as well as medications. Um, you know, we get into um, different therapies. I mean, from simplicity of using things like sauna, uh, light therapy. I mean, it's um, it's a pretty broad, it's a broad brush. I mean, I'm always interested to see what I'm going to learn out there. What are the new What are new protocols that we can use to, you know, to mitigate disease? What are new new protocols that we can use that make people healthy because again at the end of the day it's it's not just living long it's living well and it's what can we do to make ourselves truly healthy people because we live in a very unhealthy society um you know the for the first time and since evolution we're living shorter lives i mean you know when you look at with the the death rate in a male 45 to 55 is higher than the united states and any others um developed country in the world right now. I mean, those are staggering, staggering statistics, you know, um, you know, the people don't know about, we can't, you know, I'm not supposed to talk about these things because it's, you know, right. It's, it's controversial. It upsets sure, people. Sure. So that's, you're talking about the o opioid death rate, right? Is that what that was? Well, no, I mean, it's more than that. The, the number of men, especially men that are dying at middle age. And again, it's multifactorial. 
is as high or higher in the United States as any, and we're talking about the developed countries the, of the world. Because we live poor lifestyles and then we're eating we, junk. Yeah. We eat junk, we commit suicide, we overdose. I mean, it's, 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 it's a big, it's a big, you know, it's a big swamp out there. We have a, we have a prosperity problem. Huh? <laughs> we have a prosperity problem. There's just too much. Well, as of, I talk of about of it, everything. many of the things I do, I treat the defe- diseases of affluence. I drink too much. I eat too much. I don't exercise. Right. I work too much. Yeah. I don't sleep. I'm stressed out. That all has a toll to take. So, Anti-aging. That's in a nutshell. Yeah. So for 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 you saying it's a no no to to talk about this stuff or whatever, um, uh, that says a lot. But that's why, doctor, you just have people like Joe Rogan talk about a sauna on his podcast or uh, intermittent fasting or eating elk. It seems like that's a way that a lot of people like uh you know it can actually bypass a, a lot of the no no things is. You, you kind of put something in a, in a guy like that who has a lot of influence uh, and who has or you know, fade 30 gray, million downloads. Yeah. <laughs> or, or fade to gray. Hey, I, I wish you guys all but, the success because, I mean, you're bringing messages. That's that's really important. Thank, thank you. Absolutely. And that's we, 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 we try to do that. But it, it, it just seems like if it's a no-no for a lot of uh, people in your space to talk about, I think just, you know, leaking it out to the culture through, through, through uh, avenues like this is the way to have on, almost like a bottoms up uh, uh, organic effect, you know, organic. That's funny. I should use that term, but this, this effect of, Hey, I can't, you know, I'm not supposed to talk to a lot of these, you know, professionals and big wigs of whatever company. Um, but I can let these people know who can affect change. And uh, when the pharmaceutical companies are saying, wow, uh, or whatever anti-aging companies or a- aging companies, if that even is a thing, um, we're seeing less sales or whatever it is. What's going on here? No, that that might be the best but way. But again, you know, I just I I'm just at the belief now that um, I'm willing to stand. You know, I'm willing to talk. Um, I don't know what the repercussions of it are yet, but um, we 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 got to get our we as physicians we have to get our head out of the sand. Come on. Yeah. I support yeah. you. That's awesome. Well, and, and to, to, to kind of end this, uh, what, what would, what would be, what would be your elevator pitch, um, to, to someone who, uh, is, is vehemently against even something, uh, uh as simple and non-psychoactive as CBD. What, what would be, um, that elevator pitch of, Hey, you know, kind of grab them by the collar. What would be, hey, this is this is this helps. This helps. Please wake up. There are benefits. What would be that elevator pitch to that person? Um, it's been medicinal therapy for five thousand years. <laughs> you know, the safety profile is there. God made this plant. This plant has usage and you have a you have a system in your body with receptors that will accept it. God would not have put the receptors in your body if we weren't supposed to use them. What is up, Fade to Gray friends and family? It's your boy Omar here, and I got to edit this episode. I want to personally thank each one of you for listening to our new Benchbowl series on health, as well as Dan Koch for this dope new intro and outro music. If you like what you hear and need new music for your podcast or small business, or big business with that, 
Um, he has a website, dancoke.net. That's D-A-N-K-O-C-H.net. With lots of quality tunes to choose from. Go check them out. And if you're enjoying this health series as much as we have, please don't hesitate to let us know. Give us a five-star review. Hit, hit that like button and comment. And if you're interested in becoming a friend and family of Fade to Grey, um, you can do that at patreon.com. So please come check us out. And have a happy new year. Stay healthy, my